Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Let's stand and give God a hand clap of praise today for His goodness and His mercy. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Daniel chapter 3, the book of Daniel chapter 3. Verse 13, I just want to say so, so good to see everybody. God's doing a, a, a great thing. We are, Saturday nights are so neat because we feel like on Saturday nights we're planning another church in Zanesville. That's just how it feels. It's so new and uh, Sister Sister Lisa is just so different. You know, uh, a different day having Saturday night church and we've had people to tell us and they've said, this is... This, I, I'm never able to come Sundays, but I'm able to be there on Saturday, and so we're 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 excited about this. It's going to grow to capacity. It really is. This service is going to grow to its capacity. Then we'll have to add another service, and we're okay with that. It's the end time, and God is doing marvelous things among us. Everybody, shout with me, Amen. Of His increase, there shall be no end. When you see that Jesus is the government, the Bible talks about of his government and of his increase, there shall be no end. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world, the church is going to increase. Can you say amen? For the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. And we believe that God is going to add a great harvest of people. We're in the people business, we're in the soul saving business. Amen. Do you believe that? Everybody reaching somebody. Look at somebody beside you and say, you need to be reaching somebody. Amen. Planning churches and reaching. We believe we'll have an online campus that's going to reach tens of thousands of people seeing the truth of God. Amen. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The oneness of God. How many glad for the name of Jesus? Would you lay your Bibles down and clap your hands and thank God for the name of Jesus? Amen. Praise the Lord. We certainly... Certainly welcome all of those that are, have tuned in by way of the web tonight. Uh, we welcome you to our Saturday evening service. We hope you tune back in with us and, and share online with people. Maybe they're home and this is going to be an opportunity for someone to hear the gospel tonight that could forever change the trajectory of their entire family's future. We believe that. Daniel chapter 3 verse 13 it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage, everybody say the, the devil's mad. In his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Is it have I heard right that you're not worshiping what I want you to worship? Are you not bowing down to the things that I've commanded you to bow down to? Watch what he says. Now if ye be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psalter, the dulcimer. Oh, I should have just said all kinds of music. Can somebody say amen? 
ye fall down and worship the image which I have made, well, then good. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a fiery, burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? They must have been talking about a God that's able to deliver them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. We're not going to beat around the bush about it. We're not going to reason together about it. What he was saying was, they were saying, we already have our mind made up. There's no compromise in our decision. You can't talk us out of it. You can't make a deal with us. We came into this meeting with our mind already made up. So do what you have to do. But we're not bowing to your gods. We're not bowing down to your doctrines. We're not quitting what we believe. Come on, is there anybody in the building tonight that says, I've got my mind made up? He said, he said, if it be so, our God, whom we serve, somebody shout, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. He said, if you throw us in the fiery furnace, our God's able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. Mark it down. God's going to deliver me out of what you put me through. Somebody shout, he will. He's not only able, but he will. Verse 18, I like what they said. They said, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods. Somebody shout, we will not. I think you ought to say it with some, with some umph. We will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up I'd like to preach to you for the next few moments on simply the power of a made up mind the power of a made up mind clap your hands and praise him hallelujah oh God we praise you Jesus Lord we thank you God for who you are I think somebody ought to shout to the Lord for a moment for he is our reward he is our Savior. He is the way maker. Amen. Clap your hands and praise Him. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Look across the aisle at somebody and say there's power in a made-up mind. Jacob told his oldest son, Reuben, he said, you are as unstable as water. You're double-minded. You're unstable. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. He said, Reuben, you will never come to success because you're unstable. Unstable is water, meaning that water forms to whatever atmosphere it's in. It's spiritual in a church on Sunday. And it's carnal with the crowd on Monday. It can be both ways. It's just the mind isn't made up. The mind isn't determined. It hasn't sold out yet to who he or she is going to be. It's just you are whoever you're around. And he said, Reuben, because you don't know who you are. Reuben, because you are unstable 
you will not find success. I want the church to know tonight that we've got to learn who we are. There will be trials and there will be trouble. There will be situations and there will be temptations. But the thing that's going to get you through it is when you know God is going to take me through this. And I know I'm not backing down. I'm not going backwards. There's nothing in me that wants to go back to Egypt. Come on. There's nothing in me that wants to go back to the world of sin. There's no drugs for me. There's no alcohol for me. There's no party I'm looking forward to. I'm not going back to the bondage. I'm not going back to who I used to be. I have my mind made up. Somebody shout, you got to get your mind made up. You know, every now and then people in the world that do not understand true apostolic Christianity, they would say that we've lost our mind. I guess I have to agree that they're right. Because I no longer have my mind, but I have put on the mind of Christ. And the Bible says that he overcame the world. There's nothing that we will go through that he hasn't already went through and became the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm preaching to you, you're going to have some situations. You're going to have some temptations. You're going to have some struggles. You're going to have to look at yourself in the, in, the, in the mirror when you've made a mistake and say, but it's not over yet. I am not perfect, but I'm perfecting. I might have had a rough week and had some weak moments, but I'm not going to hell for nobody. I'm not going to hell for nobody. I'm going to make heaven my home. And there's nobody that could stop me from getting to that final destination. Everybody shout, the power of a made-up mind. Hey, if your neighbor quits living for God, you're still going to live for God. If the spouse walks out on God, you're still going to live for God. If the children start acting crazy, you're still going to live for God because you didn't make your mind up to determine what somebody else was going to do. You said, I got my mind made up. The Bible says to seek out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. What I'm preaching, there's gotta be a moment in your life you quit doing what you do based upon what somebody else does. Well, I'll praise if they praise. I'll stand up during the preaching and amen if somebody, if they stand up during the preaching and, and say amen. I'll go to church if they go to church. I'll go to the altar if they go to the altar. I'll skip church if they skip church. You gotta quit doing your life based upon what somebody else is doing and make your own mind made up. Get your own mind. And say, so, you know what? It doesn't matter if anybody else wants to worship him. I've already determined. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Somebody shout amen. There's power in a made-up mind, not indecisive. I remember being indecisive, the young man, not sure whether I would be living for God in a year from now because it was easy to live for God in my peer group at youth camp, youth conventions, a church revival. But when school started up, you go back and everybody's talking what they've been doing not, that's all that's godless conversation. You start finding yourself wavering and wondering, am I going to be in living for God or am I going to be living like the world? Where am I going to be one year from now? 
I remember at a youth camp one year that a man got up and testified. How many's ever been on fire for God, but it, it sizzled out pretty fast within a month or two? Anybody ever been on fire for God and it sizzled? Anybody ever raised in this? And, boy, you was jumping, shouting, worshiping, excited, fasting, praying, reading your Bible every day, every day and then three months later, you, can't, you don't know why you were so excited. About it. I remember a guy got up and he leaned over that pulpit and he said, I've been on fire for God for an entire year. What's a, what's a Garfield, that, that, that dog with Garfield? That, was it Odie? Remember his chin would fall to the floor and his tongue would roll out on the ground? That, that's how I felt. Boom. Wow. An entire year of on fire for God. It sounded so good, but how did he do it? Sister Kimberly, how did he do it? How did he live for God, Sister Wendy, for a whole year on fire for God? I thought to myself, that's what I want. I don't want to be on fire for God for a week, a weekend, a month, until. I want to be on fire for God. I want my mind made up knowing that, hey man, when I was 17, I can know that whenever my hair turns gray, I'm still going to be living for God. My favorite verse became one in Hebrew that says, And Joseph and Jacob leaned upon the top of his staff, a man worshiping the Lord in his old age. That became my, when I was 15, that became my favorite verse because I said, that's my goal. My goal is to be living for God when I'm, when I'm aged, when I'm older. And I'm going to tell you somewhere, you got to get it made up in your mind. I'm going to live for God no matter who walks away, who comes in and out of my life. I'm going to live for God. I'm telling you, you can do it. I'm preaching to somebody, you can do it. You can do it. You're going to have a lot of people that come and go, but you can still stand. I'm telling you, rock solid faith. The old song, growing up in church, we'd sing songs like, I'll stand for Jesus and let the world go by. I'll claim his promises. He will supply. Then we'd sing, sing I've got my feet, foot on the rock and my mind's made up. How many's ever heard that song? Though I walk through the lonely valley and drink from the bitter cup when the devil comes a knock and showing me an easier way, I'll stand right square on my feet, throw my head in the air, look him straight in the eye and say my foot's on the rock and my mind's made up. I'm telling you, you got to get your mind made up. I said you got to get your mind made up. Your spouse not be, might not be saved, but you can live for God. The co-workers might come against you, but you got to learn to live for God. The three Hebrew children, they were with all of the children of Israel taken into Babylon in captivity. Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar took them into his captivity. He handpicked a few of, of the, the elected ones. He, he, he found some, some cut above the rest of the, of the Hebrew people. and he, I believe he would have picked you, Brother Noah. You're a cut above, buddy. You've got a, a, a great spirit about you. You've you got a, a smart mind about you. You're, you're faithful. You're consistent. You, you, you shine above. And, and, and Nebuchadnezzar looked to the Hebrew people and he found somebody like this young man. And I believe he found somebody like this young man right here. And, and it had three of them. He, he picked them out and their names. Anybody know what their names were? The three Hebrew children. What were their names? Come on, say it like you know it. Go ahead. Well, it wasn't initially that, but their name was Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. 
They were colleagues and friends with one by the name of Daniel that later got his name changed to Belteshazzar. You see, when they went into Babylon, they had an identity. But when they got into Babylon, the enemy tried to change who they were. He tried to place names on them that did not come from their parents or from their nation. He named them. I'm going to call you Shadrach. I realize your mother and your inheritance and your heritage, everything that goes, it goes in the name. I know what they called you back at the home church. But in this land, I'm going to call you what I want to call you. You're going to be Shadrach. I'm going to call you Meshach. I'm going to call you Abednego. I'm going to name you here in this land. He had every intentions of making them conform to the, to, the, to the ways of Babylon. He wanted them to worship their gods, to bow down to their images, to fulfill their customs. So you know what he did? He said, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to use you all because you're smart. You're good. I, I, I'm going to use you in my kingdom. See, see the, devil, the devil doesn't just want you out of the church. He wants you in his kingdom. And he pulls them out. He said, here's what we're going to do. He said, I want you to eat. They've got to eat the king's meat. They've got to eat the stuff that served the idols. Daniel stood up as probably the eldest leader among those four. And Daniel stood up and he said, we, we, we don't want to eat. He, he told the chamberlain, the guy that was over him and his group, he said, we don't want to eat the king's meat. Because there's some things we vowed to not take into our life. You see, if you want to live for God, there's some things that you've got to make a covenant not to partake of. There's some movies we're not watching in this nation. Come on, I'm going to preach it. There's some music we do not listen to. There's some things we will not do. There's some conversations we're not going to have. It matters what you put inside of your body. Can you say amen? Just because the kings are doing it. Just because everybody else is doing it. I'm going to tell you what I know. Is if you start eating the king's meat, you'll start worshiping the king's idols. Think about it for a minute. I believe if they would have partaken of the king's meat, it would have led to a compromise that they would have bent their knee at the day when the music played at that 90 foot tall 30 foot wide golden image that had been set up but when they came into Babylon their mind was already made up I'd rather die than to consume what the enemy wants me to consume I'd rather give my life now than to partake and to eat what everybody else is eating and partaking of let me tell you, let me just put it this way. Jesus died on the cross, but he gave his life in Gethsemane. What you saw happen at Calvary was the physical action of what he committed in Gethsemane when he made his mind up and he said, Lord, I realize what's coming ahead of me. Lord, if this cup can pass, but let it pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And you know what he did? He made a covenant commitment at Gethsemane that allowed him to go through the pains and sufferings of Calvary and not call 10,000 angels down. He made his mind made up in a prayer meeting that sustained him through the temptation of the cross. And when I'm preaching to you, you 
need an old-fashioned altar. You need a Gethsemane where you can get on your knees and make your mind up because the devil's going to try to serve you king's meat. The devil's going to have an idol for you to bow to. The devil's going to have something for you to use, lose your covenant with. Somewhere in your life, you've got to get your mind made up. Somebody shout, a made-up mind. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to get your mind made up. Oh, yeah. They served, tried to serve them, and he said, no. Let us go on a fast. We call it the Daniel's fast. We're not going to eat the king's meat. We're not going to do any of this. And after 10 days when they walked in, the children of Israel were more fair. Their minds were clear. You know why? Because they chose not. You know what I believe in a spastic world? I feel like preaching where the brain is actually being rewired with technology and media. ADD and ADHD, I'm probably both of them. I'm self-diagnosed. Because it's not always easy to pay attention, amen. Maybe I'm too poor to pay attention, I don't know. That was a terrible joke, wasn't it? That was just terrible. No one laughed. Y'all don't usually laugh, but I think it was funny, so I'll say it, I'll say it anyhow. They, they tell me that the brain is being rewired by media. Shows now have to be segmented because people can't focus. In our culture, depression has come in so great that even 12-year-old kids don't even want to be alive. Taking their life, it's an epidemic that has, you know, we're talking about COVID-19, but what about the suicide epidemic in our country? Certainly there's some of it linked to drugs, but some of it is linked to the brokenness of the mind. And I submit to you it's because of what's been consumed in the life that has caused the mind to be broken. And I tell you is that we are not given to a spirit of fear, but of love, peace. Somebody shout a sound mind. My, I feel like preaching. Are y'all getting what I'm preaching here tonight? Is everybody involved with what I'm preaching and saying? And what I'm saying to you is you do not have to fall into the cultural peer pressures of eating what everybody else is eating and consuming what everybody else is consuming. Some of you are only on Instagram because everybody else is on Instagram. You're only on Facebook because you feel like you've got to be on Facebook or you're not relevant. You're only on, only doing certain things because that's what everybody else is doing. But if God gives you conviction, why not override it? I'm not calling Instagram and Facebook the king's meat, but it could be in your life if God tells you to stay away from certain things. If God says no, you need to say no. Are you hearing me tonight? If you are, shout amen. And I believe that you can come out thinking clear in a world of chaos and confusion and, and a, in, instability and unstable minds I believe we can have a generation that comes up in this church that they are sound mind they know who they are they walk in confidence they become great leaders come on they're holy they can be virgins when they get married no matter what culture is saying I believe we can have a generation Come on, do you believe that? I said we can have a generation that can raise up in this church that can enter this building at zero and leave this building on fire for God at age 50. Why? Because there's power. Somebody shout, there's power. The only thing you're struggling with is you haven't made your mind up yet. They made their mind up before they got to Babylon. We're not eating what they eat. 
We're not eating meat served to idols. We're not going to do it. It led, oh yeah, yeah, they, they were fair. They got by with it because of their advancement. But it wasn't long. There came a cultural divide that the decision had to be made. There's going to be a moment in your life, you listen to this preacher, that God will tolerate your indecision long enough. But there will be a moment that you can no longer straddle the fence of whether you're going to live for God or be in the world. There will be a moment the decision has to be made one way or the other. Samson could play games with Delilah three times. The dried ropes, ropes never occupied, the web, the seven uh, um, locks of his hair, web to the web. You know what? And God tolerated it. But there came a moment he had to choose Delilah or his anointing. He had to choose Delilah or God. You hear me, at some point you're going to make up your mind whether it's going to be God or whether it's going to be the world of sin. It's going to be righteousness or unrighteousness. You know what I say? You know there's nothing in unrighteousness but bondage. There's nothing in unrighteousness but unfulfilled emptiness. Come on, you know what I'm telling you. There's nothing out there. Why not go ahead and make your mind up tonight and say, I'm never leaving the God. I'm never leaving the church. I'm never walking away. Is there anybody that can jump to your feet and say, I believe what you're preaching is truth. I believe we need to get our mind made up. There will always be something to tempt you. Something to get your attention. If you're open to it, the Bible says in that day, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. You know what I've seen through COVID-19? I've seen the committed get stronger. And I've seen the undecided get weaker. People that were true blue sold out with their mind made up flourished and blessed but people that were undecided wander away discouraged bitter and broken gone, not even here, don't even come on the weekends used to be here, worshiping and shouting and dancing because they were one of us when they were with us but they were one of them when they were with them Christian chameleons You say you sound harsh. I'm just going to get plain and down to business here. Because at some point, God will tolerate it. God will accept it. Not accept it, but God will allow it so you can get the decision. But there's going to be a moment in your life. You're either going to choose Jesus or Barabbas. You're either going to choose Jesus or the devil. You're either going to choose what he has for you or what the world has for you. You know what I say? Go ahead and make up your mind to live for him, and God's going to fight all of your battles. He's going to remove all the... Yes, I'm preaching to you. You can live for God in the midst of opposition. Let me tell you what happens. Because if we're unstable as water, we we can't succeed. But you give me a young man. You give me a young lady. You give me an elder that has their mind made up. God puts in them the inability to be broken. When somebody makes their mind made up, God puts in them the inability the inability to crack, the inability to break down. God puts inside of them something that is beyond them. We call it the power of a made-up mind. The Bible calls it grace. Amen. By grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself, but 
but it's a gift of God. I'm here because I made my mind up almost before my 16th birthday. I said hell or high water. It doesn't matter who comes in or goes out of my life. Sickness or no sickness. I will live for God. And I come to tell you he'll do it for me. He's going to do it for you. Come on, jump your feet and clap your hands. And shout, there's power in a made up mind. I'm not talking about weak weak faith. I'm talking about knowing he's able. So go ahead, world. Build the idol. Go ahead. Put me before the largest crowd of the highest offices of favor, of favoritism in the nation. Put me with the governor's Put me with the princes, the Bible calls it. That all the leaders, what is now the most powerful nation in the world, put me among them. But I'm not going to bow. Do what you're going to do. You see, if there's a price, he'll pay it. I said, if you have a price, he will pay it. Somebody shout, there's no price. Well, I'll live for God if... Shouldn't be any if. Well, if he'll do this, 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 and this. And I'll live for God if. I'm going to tell you, it can't be any if. It's got to be a Job commitment. Though he slay me, yet I'm going to trust him. I don't have to agree with him to follow him. He's God and I'm not. If everything goes my way, if I get the promotion, if I get the job, if I get the position, if, I'm going to tell you, there can't be any if in this. There's got to be just trusting God. And you know, hey, God is for me. Is there anybody here that you remember the day you made up your mind? It made all the difference in the world. You see, when you make your mind up, you can't wait to get to church. When you get your mind up, you can't wait to pray. You can't wait to get a hold of the Bible. You can't wait because you know God's going to make a way. Be a day in your life that you have to make it up. Not just for daddy and mom. Day in your life that you say, Jillian, you know what? I want to know that I know that I know that anything ever happened to daddy. Anything ever happened to mommy, I'm going to live for God. No matter what, I'm going to make, and you're not too young to do it, Jillian. Come on, how many know she's not too young and nobody in this building's too young? I feel a prophetic utterance on me. There's going to be some children that's going to come into this church and they're going to be 11 years old and they're going to preach with powerful anointing and authority. You're going to think they're 20, 25 years old. They're going to speak powerful things because when we start believing that children have the ability to trust God, amen, in their small minds, I'm going to tell you, it's going to rise up in this church. There's an army coming of children. There's an army. Come on, I'm talking about your babies if you just start believing in them. There's children going to rise up. How about young people in the church? And let me tell you something. There are going to be people come in for the world that they, they are not pure in their virginity. They're not pure in, in, in intoxication 
uh, substances. They're not pure in those things. But when they come to the Lord, they're going to be able to make a vow to God like somebody raised in the church that's never tasted of alcohol or nicotine or marijuana. They've never known it's like to feel the hit of fentanyl, of, of some methamphetamine. There's going to be young people that come up and they're going to say, I'm never touching those things. I'm never going to let a curse word come out of my mouth. I will never, I will never allow sexual encounters before I get married. I'm telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. But let me tell you, that's going to be what's going to raise up in the church. But there's going to be some people that weren't raised in the church that's going to come in and they say, I once was lost in sin, but he's made all things new. I'm never going back to drugs. I'm never going back to alcohol. I will never taste of nicotine again. Oh, pills of that sort would never enter this body. I belong to the king. Come on, is there anybody? I will be pure to the day I get married. I wish everybody would jump your feet and help me preach for a minute. I'm telling you, there's some Hebrew children. There's the children of the king that have the ability to make up their mind. Amen, amen. Remain standing all over this building. It was their decision that destroyed their temptation. It was their decision that destroyed their addiction. It was their decision that destroyed every curse that's followed them because of their family's decisions. When they made their mind up, everything that was tempting them died. So you can't tempt. Do you know you can't tempt a dead man? You have somebody laying in the castle. I just preached a funeral this week. You could go up to somebody in a casket wave stuff over them. You can spit in their face, call them whatever. They don't respond. They're dead. You can put all kinds of stuff in front of their nose. and They don't move. You know why? They're dead. What would happen if we made our minds so committed to God we became dead to the world? You can become that, that decisive about God and your faith. I will never click on that side again. I'm never doing that again. I will never respond in that manner again because I'm repenting and I'm making a covenant with God. Can somebody lift your hands and say, I believe this today because there is power and I made up. Hallelujah. Here's what I'm going to do. Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego. You know it troubled them. That's not my name. But you just keep calling me whatever you want to call me. You can label me according to the bondage you're trying to put me in, but that's not who I am. I've got a name in him. That means Jehovah saves me. Can you believe that today? Jehovah is on my name. Hananiah. <laughs> Mishael. Oh. Call me whatever. Look at your neighbor and say, call me whatever you want to call me, but I belong to the Lord. I'm committed to Him. It's a simple prayer for the Gators. We're committed. Here's what I'm going to do. Shatter up me, shine up We're going to let the music play. When it plays, I'm going to give you, you know, the fire's already hot. But I like you guys. I need you. 
You see, you see, the devil is, I compare King Nebuchadnezzar to the devil. The, the, the devil will wait on you too to slip up again. He'll wait on you too for it to slip up. Just because you said no doesn't mean he's not coming back. Just because you stood solid doesn't mean he's not going to give you another opportunity. Come and get your mind made up. Doesn't mean the devil's not coming back around and say, you know what, let's try this again. I'm going to let the music play again. And if you would just bow to my, our gods, our culture, our ways, guess what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to let you live. But if you don't, you're going to burn in the same hour. And they said, oh, old king, we don't, we don't have to, you don't have to reason with this. We're not even careful to answer you in this matter. Can we just talk about it and have 12 lessons on why we don't want to? No, we're not careful. We just have a big, I'm trying to be nice here. We just have a big no for you. We don't have to think about it now because we already thought about it then. Before we ever got to Babylon, we said we will not serve your gods not one day. So do what you have to do. But just remember, God's going to deliver us out of your hand. You can try. I, f I feel a threat in the building. The devil told you that if you committed to God, then you was going to lose everything. And that's why you haven't committed. But it was a lie because if you will commit to God, he's, God's going to give you everything. I'm telling you, I know what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Some of you felt like you were going to lose everything if you gave it to God. Your family's going to, all these things are going to happen. I'm going to tell you what God's going to do for somebody in this building. You're not, going to lose, you're not going to lose anything except the brokenness and the hurt, the pain, and the guilt. And the Lord's going to give you joy, peace, promotion, family. Only thing holding you back, he's been waiting a long time for you just to commit your all to him. Because there's power in a made-up mind. So go ahead. Do whatever you got to do. But we will not. See, that's what I'm talking about. Somebody say, I will not go back for God's able. It was in India. It was, uh, they threw them in, but how many know God, God brought them out? I'm going to tell a story about India, but how many know God, God brought them out of the fiery furnace? They didn't even smell like smoke when they got out of that furnace. I want you to look at three people right now and say, God's going to make a way for you if you'll just make your mind up. Just make your mind up. This is who I am. I'm going to be apostolic. I'm going to walk with God. I'm not going to the ways of the world. I'm not going to live in the culture. Nope. I'm going to live for Him. I'm not going back to what I used to be. I'm not going back. I could take you to the spot where I made a commitment to God. About three days from turning 16, and it changed my life. Don't have to worry because he's going to make a way. I'm going to tell you something, honey. I love you so much, Sydney. But when I was 15, the same camp where you got the Holy Ghost, campground, I never dreamt when I was 15 years old, almost 16, and I made a commitment to God that was waxed and waned, wonder if I'd ever live for the Lord the rest of my life. I never dreamt when I made my vow that day that it would be this good. I never dreamt. I never dreamt it would be this amazing. 
I couldn't foresee it. I just trusted Him. I didn't know the future. I just knew that God was going to do in me what He was going to do. I never dreamt it would be this amazing. I don't know why. I just remain standing. But I'll never forget making that vow and have to lock her near some of the most popular people. Partiers. And I wondered what it would be like to get drunk on the weekend. I didn't know. What would it be like to do what they do? I didn't know. There was a question in me. What is it like? And I remember when I was trying to go back and forth. Am I going to go their way or go that his way? Ten years later, I'm preaching a meeting. And I woke out preaching a message. And it might have been this exact message I preached today. And one of them called me. Who locked her down from me. He said, Aaron. Aaron, 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 Aaron. I said, what is it? I called his name. He said, my life is a mess. A miserable man. And the only thing I could think, I needed you. Because I knew you could get a hold of God from me. And I thought, 10 years. I was 25 years old. I thought that would have been my life if I'd have followed those people. But because I made my mind up, He made a way that's better than me than I could have ever been to Him. He's blessed me abundantly. I say this in closing today. And I realize I preach with unction because I'm reaching for somebody that the devil's been lying to. Almost done, I promise. They say in India, there was a man that had committed a crime that was worthy of execution. But their custom was very simple. That if he lived to carry a bowl of milk, it was like one mile to the distance and back to the palace. And he would not drop a full bowl of milk not one drop. The executioner would follow him everywhere he went. If he could return to the palace, they said that on each side of that path to the end and then back were crowds of people screaming in different spots. They would scream at him. They couldn't touch him, but they would scream at him trying to get him to be distracted to spill the meal. When he got back, they asked this man, because very few, I guess, had ever done it. But when he got back, he had that bowl and he handed it to the king. And when he did, they asked him. They said, how did you do it? How did you make that long journey? And you never dropped a drop of milk out of that bowl. They said, with all of those people that were screaming at you. And he said, what people? He was so focused on his life in the boat. He didn't hear the noise of the crowd and distractions. What would happen? We get our mind made up so much. I want to be saved. I can't hear the voices on the, on the other end of the phone that's trying to get me to be lost. I can't hear the distractions. And I feel like in this room, you're one prayer meeting away from the best life you've ever lived. 
You're about to open the windows of heaven and pour a blessing on you. But he's waiting on you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You're a sinner like all of us. But you can become a sinner saved by grace like all of us. God's just waiting on you to trust him enough to lead you and to move every opposition out of your life so you can live a life of joy, peace with no regret. But today he would have me to tell you he's waiting on you to make up your mind. You're not too young and you're not too old. Where are you at? You've wondered. You said, I know the house of God is good, but it's hard to live for God when I get back home. I'm telling you today, home will change when you make your mind up. You're not going to hear all the noises and all the distractions. They're just, they might be there, but you're not going to recognize it like you used to. Because you're going to have your mind made up. All over the building, I want you to repent. Everybody in the building, I want you to say, God, I'm sorry for indecision. I'm sorry for instability. I'm sorry. But today, I'm going to make a covenant. I will never walk away from you, God. I will never walk away from you, Lord. Today, I change. And therefore, my temptations will be removed. Because today, I'm making a decision. I'm making my mind up. If I fall, I'm falling forward, but I'm not falling out of the church ever again. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to have a rock-solid faith in Him, for He's my deliverer. Where are you at? Come on. Come on to this altar. This altar is open all over the building. There's God calling you. Come on. I don't care how old you are, how young. I want you to come. The Lord is calling people all over this building. I will not go to hell, devil. You've discouraged me before, but you're not getting to me this time. Come on, the Lord's calling many people in this room. I'm not going to be lost. Come on, there's more people in this room that the Lord is speaking to you. And He's waited on you to make a covenant that will empower the power of grace, His Spirit in your life. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.